Welcome to the Motor City Hoops Podcast, your home for all things Detroit Pistons and NBA. Thank you for choosing Motor City Hoops, and I hope you enjoy this episode. Welcome to episode 63 of the Motor City Hoops podcast, an instant recap and reaction episode from Saturday night's game versus the Raptors. If you're new to the Motor City Hoops podcast, I'm your host, Bryce Simon, former D1 Hooper, current teacher, coach, husband, father of three amazing kids, and contributor at Detroit Bad Boys of SB Nation. And when I get the chance to watch our Pistons live, I'll do a short 20 to 25 minute episode giving my immediate reactions, recap, and analysis of the game. I'll start off by giving you a quick rundown of the game, followed by my biggest takeaways, player of the game, plays of the game, something to keep an eye on moving forward, my thoughts on the opponents, and a brief look ahead to what will come next for our Pistons. Let's get right into this one, guys. I hope you can hear the excitement in my voice. We're recording immediately after the Pistons get a huge bounce-back win over the Raptors, 127-121. I say this is a huge bounce-back win because we're coming off the loss to the Cavs on Friday night, and this was just a game where I really felt like we needed a positive outing, whether it was a win or not. I felt like the Pistons really needed something positive, and I even put it in my notes, like, do we get that or do we not you know there were some things in that Cavs game that I didn't break down um, or didn't have a chance to break down that game but the Hamadiallo incident during the game with uh, coach Casey Troy Weaver actually ends up taking him to the uh, locker room before the end of the game you could just see body language and frustration from guys starting to boil over a little bit more than what we have seen from this Pistons team understandably so but we hadn't really outwardly seen it that much so I knew or I felt like we needed a big night a very positive night from the Pistons and we got it guys same starting lineup I'll have a little sheet or sham at the end of the episode with the starting lineup but Pistons get the same starting lineup the Raptors are out without Fred Van Vliet and Precious Achua they go with Dragic, Trent Jr., Barnes, Siakam, and Anobi I'll give my thoughts on the Raptors at the end of the episode like always first quarter started out 8-0 run looked really good Nice set. They got Cade to Stewart for an assist. Bay with a three. Hayes with a three. And just a great start. Eventually lose the lead after a timeout. Awful isolation possession. Isolation possessions are are possessions, guys, that we're going to talk a lot about on the Motor City Hoops podcast. Or if you see any of my breakdowns or follow me on Twitter, they just are something I feel like this team really needs to get rid of. I talked about playing in the met, in the mid post, but I just don't think that that's going to be something very positive for this team. The Raptors actually go on a 22 to five run before Cade nails a three. And that's the only shot he made until later in the game, which we'll talk about plenty. Casey goes small tonight with Lyles at the five. We saw Luca Garza against the Cavs who were a bigger team. The Raptors are like, kind of all the same size and length like you look out there they all look very similar but not just the sheer size that like Jared Allen and Evan Mobley present so Casey goes quote-unquote small with Lyles at the five played a nine-man rotation tonight no Luca Garza no Rodney Magruder looked like the Pistons would end the quarter on a nice run and then the Raptors just respond with getting extra opportunities the Pistons gave up seven offensive rebounds in this game rebounding something I'll talk about later Gary Trent Jr. was cooking with 13 um, in the first quarter and I'm going to call out Kate. 
I'm not calling out Cade Cunningham, but there's something in Cade Cunningham's defensive game that I feel like really needs to improve, and that's him overhelping on these shooters. I talked about it before, and I felt like he overhelped on Gary Trent Jr.'s first three, and Trent Jr. probably gets it going anyway, but whenever you're a shooter and you get to knock down that first one, it obviously starts your night off right, and I just feel like that's really an aspect of Cade's game he has to get better at. Pistons are down 31-34 going into the second, and we immediately see the good and bad of Josh Jackson. It never fails with Josh Jackson. Has a great catch and attack for a layup. Very next possession, he simply just doesn't catch the ball. And Josh Jackson is one of those guys, my guy Wes Davenport, the producer of the Motor City Hoops podcast, before the episode, he's like, he'll get play you into a game, and then he'll play you right back out of it. And I just think something to watch with Josh Jackson is how Dwayne Casey's able to use him. Can he play them in the right him in the right moments in the right spots when we can utilize what he does well and then not and then manage or minimize how much the bad of Josh Jackson shows up and I think that's going to be a really important thing moving forward throughout this season second chance opportunities continued to haunt the Pistons in the second quarter as Pascal Siakam got his mid-range going and I thought this was a great example of the Raptors by staggering minutes if you watch their rotations at all very rarely did you have Trent Jr. Siakam Anobi all those guys out at the same time so Siakam would take an early rest and then he'd come back in to start the second quarter or in the second half the fourth quarter so one of those guys is always in something I'd like to see the Pistons do more Frank Jackson got it going a little bit here in the second kind of fizzled off he ended up with 14 points two of seven from the three-point line but did get to the free throw line for six of seven honestly the Pistons are pretty fortunate tonight that the Raptors did not shoot well from the free throw line they were eight of 15 in the first half and they were 20 of 31 for the game Going on a run, all the momentum and that Josh Jackson thing shows up. Tip pass on a pass that like it wasn't even a tough pass, just a, a routine play. And then a foul putting the Raptors on the line when the Pistons were up 61-59. So the Pistons end up up one at halftime. And you may say, well, it's not that big of a deal. But my thing is I felt like the Pistons had the momentum at that moment. And it was like one of those situations where they're up by two and maybe they take it to eight going into half. But instead... Josh Jackson turns it over. They end up having to make a nice couple nice plays. Hayes to Lyles on a back door, and they're still up by one. So, you, but it could have been more. I guess is what I'm saying with with that situation. And those are those momentum situations that we have to see the Pistons take advantage of more moving forward. Start the third quarter, back and forth all night. And this something we'll talk about. In my biggest takeaways all night, just kind of back and forth, blow for blow between these two teams. Isaiah Stewart getting buckets. He had 20 points tonight on 9 of 11 from the field. He just took advantage of the opportunity to score the basketball around the rim. I really like that. Then in the mid-third quarter, a couple back-to-back plays with some injury scares. So I believe the first one was Cade with a block and comes down, holds his ankle, and then Killian Hayes gets slapped on that hand with his thumb. We'll talk about those more later, um, but those guys both end up leaving the bench and going back towards the locker room, and I thought they were probably done for the game. They end up coming back, as most of you will know, and we'll talk about the contributions they made. So 71-69 lead after Stewart layup and that Cade block, and then the Raptors answer after of all those injuries and everything with a 14-3 run. All the momentum against the Pistons, down seven. This is one of those situations where it really looks like this game may get away from them. Raptors may blow this up to 10 or 15, and I call it the Sadiq Bay takeover. Make some huge plays, and I'll break those plays down in the plays of the game. 
And then again, even after that, it looks like the Raptors will pull away up six with some tough makes after the Sadiq Bay answer. And that's with Kate out, he's out, Grant out. Those guys are all out of the game. Huge plays from Sadiq Bay. And then I know he's not a fan favorite, but Trey Lyles has a huge three in that moment. Raptors, again, up six with some tough makes, answered the Sadiq Bay um, momentum push, and Trey Lyles answers that with a three, and the Pistons take the lead. Then the Raptors actually go on their own flurry, again, highlighted by a couple turnovers from Corey Joseph. But without that Sadiq Bay takeover, without the Trey Lyles answer three, I'm not sure the Pistons are in this game going into the fourth. Instead, they're just down two, and this was a story of Jeremy Grant starts with uh, the quarter with six points, on all twos. Then Hayes with two threes and an assist to Josh Jackson on a three to take an eight point lead with eight minutes. I tweeted this out. Killian Hayes with some swagger after those threes, shooting the bow and arrow. I love to see that. I love to see guys play with swagger and confidence. Up seven with seven to go after timeout and a huge three from Grant on back-to-back possessions, followed by Cade making a three a couple minutes later. And so I just remember kind of tweeting out that in that moment, up seven with seven to go, were the Pistons going to be able to keep Keep making shots. They had shot the ball well all night long. Were they going to be able to make shots or were all of a sudden the last seven minutes those shots going to stop falling? And Jeremy Grant and Kate Cunningham immediately answered the bell as the Raptors continued to score. Up six with three minutes and they go small without Stu. So I think everybody was waiting to see when is Sadiq Bay going to get back in? When's Sadiq Bay going to get back in? And it was Corey Joseph for Josh Jackson after Josh Jackson had made some mistakes. And then it ended up Sadiq Bay for Isaiah Stewart and they go small. I guess technically you would say Jeremy Grant at the five. And then Cade with a couple late two pointers. Grant takes a charge. We'll talk about those more in depth. And that's all it wrote. And the Pistons come away with their third win of the season. My biggest takeaway, this team went shot for shot with the Raptors for four quarters. I'm going to steal a tweet from James Edward III from The Athletic. This was something he tweeted out. So this is not from myself. But he said that he finally saw him do it. We saw the Pistons do it for a half. And I kind of tweeted back at him like, you know, then we saw it for three quarters. Were they going to be able to see it for four quarters? And this was without Cage Cunningham making shots until the very end. So it was just big time to see the Pistons do that. It wasn't really about the defense, which I'll talk about in a second. It was about them just trading blows back and back, haymakers back and forth with the Raptors. Pistons shoot 54% from the field, 43% from the three-point line, 87% from the free throw line. We talked about the regression to the mean or whatever you want to talk about as this team is 30th in most shooting percentages, and we finally saw it a little bit tonight. It'll be interesting to see next week if we continue to shoot the ball well. And then Cade Cunningham. This man is a closer, and this man is clutch. He was 1-7 from three, which he's also 1-7 from the field going into that fourth quarter. he had, I think he tweaked his ankle at least a little bit. They at least evaluated him. And I'll be honest, I don't think it was one of his better games. I thought, think it may have been his worst game of his young career. And I'm not saying that to like be worrisome or anything like that. I just didn't think he played well. It was a you know, second of a back-to-back. Maybe he's a little tired. Scotty Barnes looked really good. We'll talk about that when we take a quick look at the Raptors. But then he makes his final three shots bings that huge three that I talked about earlier and then he makes two two pointers his only two point attempts all game long but makes two huge two pointers also there late in the fourth quarter I think injuries is something that kind of take away Olenek obviously we haven't got to talk about that on the on the podcast but since we last recorded Kelly Olenek went down I think it's six weeks until evaluation which I think sometimes people think like oh he'll be back in six weeks but that's just re-evaluation so 
We're not sure if it's going to be six weeks. It could be even longer. And then Killian Hayes with the thumb and then Cade Cunningham with the ankle. But I would have bet a lot of money, guys. We wouldn't see Hayes or Cade return. You know, Hayes was icing the thumb on the bench. Both of them left the bench, and I just figured there's no way. And I'm just so happy that we went for this win. Grant, Jeremy Grant played the final 14 minutes of this game, I'm pretty sure. He subbed out a little earlier in the third than we normally see. Casey brought him back, I believe, with two minutes to go in the third, and then he played all of the fourth quarter. So I feel like this was a, a, a showing of we're trying to win every game possible. You know, there's all this talk about tanking last year, how the, the lineups they chose to finish games and all of that. And tonight, it's like you put your quite possibly three of your best players on the floor when you had every reason not to with Hayes injury, Cade's injury, possible ankle injury tweak, and then Jeremy Grant playing all those minutes. Like there's no reason for him not to play, but you didn't have to play in the final 14 minutes of the game. And so I just think that really speaks to what this team is doing, what this organization is doing in trying to win games. Just because they haven't been, just because it hasn't looked pretty, doesn't necessarily mean they're not trying to win games. Maybe they just felt like that they really needed to go after this win after what happened on Friday night. This team needs to play in transition. Okay, I know this is something we've talked about, and I don't mean to repeat myself, but they simply aren't that good in the half court, and we have to get rid of the isolations. I was wrong. Let's not play through the mid post. I don't want to see it. Now, some of this is on the players too, and there's a Jeremy Grant breakdown coming um, at Detroit Bad Boys, and I'll be providing the video breakdowns of it, and then a, a fellow contributor will be doing the article, but... Um, his turning some of these actions into isolations when they don't have to be. But I don't think they execute well in the half court. I'm not sure they completely believe and trust in the system, which I think after tonight, that helps. Winning helps. Being successful helps. Making shots helps in those type of situations. But this falls on the players as well, executing some of those opportunities in transition. I just want to see this team continue to play fast. Jeremy Grant, again, I don't mean to bash on him because he was huge in the fourth quarter. He had 24 tonight, five rebounds, five assists, two turnovers, and a block. But he has to get better on the boards. And part of that breakdown I'm talking about that's coming this week, I'm going to highlight where I would like to see that. And maybe this is just the high school coach in me, guys. And I, I saw people on Twitter just saying, well, this is just who the team is. This is the roster construction. Like, they're just not going to be a very good rebounding team. I, I just don't want to buy into that. I'm not saying they're going to be number one. But if we get five guys committed to go into the defensive boards, I think this team can be better on the boards. I really do. Watch this game and watch how many times you have two guys, you know, just still – standing out of the three-point line when a shot goes up. Five guys, gang rebound, get scrappy rebounds. They don't have to be pretty ones. They can be ugly. Even if you just knock the ball out of the bounds, but the amount of second chance points the Raptors got tonight was huge in this game. And so I just think that needs to be a point of emphasis for this team and something I'll continue to watch moving forward. And then I kind of, I can't help but wonder if this team is only good enough to play good on one side of the floor. You know, tonight defensively give up 121 points. And so like defensively, it wasn't great. The Raptors shot 50% from the field, 38% from three. Like you said, luckily they didn't shoot great from the free throw line, but offensively it was there. So if they ever have a game where we see the defensive effort we've seen other nights, along with the kind of offensive effort we saw tonight, they can be pretty good and maybe able to knock off some teams as we go throughout the season. My player of the game, Killian Hayes. I know Cade Cunningham made big shots. I know Jeremy Grant had a great fourth quarter. I know Isaiah Stewart had 20 points. I thought Killian, even, excuse me, let me step back. Even Sadiq Bey had 16 points, eight rebounds, five assists, and no turnovers. Great stat line from Sadiq Bey tonight. But I thought Killian Hayes was the best player on the floor in the first half. 
I think most people would agree. He had seven, five, and five. He ended the game with 13 points, seven rebounds, and 10 assists. An incredible night from Killian Hayes. He did it on the defensive end as well. He returned after getting that thumb hit. And if you guys know anything about that, every time that thing gets hit, it hurts. You know how bad that's going to hurt. And again, he could have said, no, I'll just take tonight off. I'll come back on Monday against Sacramento and I'll be ready to play then and he said no you know he came back in the game he played great I thought he had some big offensive rebounds played really well defensively and my player of the game tonight goes to Killian Hayes and I hope we continue to see that confidence and swagger we saw from him when he banged those threes in the fourth quarter now we're going to move to play of the game and plays of the game and one guys you're going to laugh at me I know I'm giving Trey Lyles a lot of love and I know that's not a fan favorite for me to do but he in I've talked about this going to a left as a righty I can't I don't want to see the Pistons take that one foot right, right-handed right floater that seems to never go in. I just loved, I'm just going highlight to highlight it real quick. He stops going left and does a little up and under move and finishes. And so I just wanted to highlight that because I thought that was important. It's something I've noticed from Jeremy Grant does it a lot. We've seen it from some of the other players like stop in that situation, going left, stop. Don't take that tough contested right-handed floater off one hand or off one foot. And then also that momentum stopping three late in the third down six. I thought that was a huge three from Trey Lyles. Another one, Hayes forced turnover on a double team and then almost got a dunk on a hezzy self-creation on the ensuing offensive possession. A nice little sequence there from Killian Hayes. So I thought he's been really good defensively, very good with his hands, causing disruption. And then he should have finished with the dunk actually on that play. But it was just nice to see him self-create with a nice hezzy there. 10 minutes to go in the third. How about a Hayes rebound and Stu run out followed by that Cade block? And I also put in there, and another reason it was a play of the game is Cade ended up not being hurt on that play as it turned out. But Hayes with a huge rebound, Stu outworked the Raptors down the floor. And then I just like these sequences, these back-to-back sequences. And then I talked about the Bay takeover, right? In the third quarter, 423 to go in the third. And he kind of goes on a 6-0 run to cut the lead to one. Um, the Raptors got a free throw in there somewhere. But he gets an O offensive rebound that leads to a beautiful possession with some really great ball movement that actually ended up with Josh Jackson getting into Isaiah Stewart. He gets a steal on the ensuing possession. And then back-to-back nice passes to Isaiah Stewart. Stewart that he finishes. So just a huge, huge sequence of plays there for three or four possessions from Sadiq Bay to swing momentum. Start of the fourth quarter, how about Cade Cunningham, who's not had a great game, gets to still save and gets one of Jeremy Grant buckets there to start the fourth quarter whenever Grant went on a little six-point run by himself. And then again, the the kind of the the plays or the sequence that sealed the game. Cade goes ISO, gets to the basket and scores a little two-pointer. And then Jeremy Grant takes a charge on the other end of the floor. And that kind of iced the game for the Pistons. And I just thought that was a huge sequence of the game as well. Some things to keep an eye on moving forward. The Pistons passing, guys. Watch how often the passes are not on target. And I'm trying to stay as positive as I can because this was a huge win and a very exciting win. But just what there were so many plays tonight where I'm watching is like, if that pass would have been on the money, that would have been a shot. If that pass would have been on the money, it would have been. I'm not even just talking about when they turn it over. And there's plenty of those as well. Like the Pistons had 13 turnovers tonight. Not awful by any means, but it seems like a lot of them are, are just like tip passes. So the passing in general, not just the turnovers, but also like hitting somebody in their shooting pocket in rhythm so they can just catch and get the shot off. In the NBA, these defenders are so long and athletic that a half a second makes a huge difference. And if you have to catch the ball above your head, bring it down, 
and then shoot it, well, now the defense is there and has contested the shot. So watch the Pistons passing moving forward and how on target some of those passes are. Cade, I talked about this, his off-ball help went on a shooter. I just think it's a small thing on the defensive end that can make a huge difference, and I just, I'm just i interested to see if we see him improve that over the next month or two months or, or some point throughout his rookie season. Killian Hayes, I talked about him as player of the game. This is a problem for opposing offenses, his hands. He is so active with his hands. He gets deflections. He gets steals. We saw it Friday night against the Cavs. I believe he had six steals in that game, and I'm going to be dropping a Killian Hayes defensive-only breakdown sometime this week and I'll be highlighting this but it's really a problem he disrupts off uh, opposing teams offenses with his hands and then on the boards tonight he had a really good night I talked about the the stat line but seven rebounds but I think we've consistently seen Killian Hayes being active on the boards and then offensively is where I really like it so we had seven tonight six against the Cavs so the last couple games we've seen him and and the rebounding the boards are an area where this team really needs to get better And then the thumb injury. Again, I'm going to steal from James Edwards III from The Athletic. He tweeted this out. This may be something that just bothers him all season. Like, you just can't get enough rest. Like, we don't want to set him for, you know, a few weeks to let it completely heal up. So every time that thing gets hit, it's probably going to hurt. He may have to set for, you know, a few minutes like he did tonight, but it's just going to be something he's dealing with. But I love that he's showing the toughness to play through it. And then again, I said, I love the swagger that he showed tonight when he hit those two threes, just the emotion. And then one final thing here, guys, I'm ready for Saban Lee. Maybe this is an overreaction. I don't know. Maybe, you know, I can't help but see what he's doing in the G League minutes. And I don't know what that means. I haven't watched enough G League basketball to know, but I can't help but be ready to see Saban Lee get the second unit point guard minutes. And it has to do with him, but it also has to do with Kojo. Like it's, it, we're 12 games into this thing. I don't think we've seen the Kojo that we saw from last season. And I'm ready for Saban Lee to start getting those minutes moving forward. Just some thoughts on the other team. I like what I'm seeing from Scotty Barnes. You know, like I want to give credit where credit is due. And I'll admit as much as anybody when I'm wrong. I didn't love him as the number four pick. I wasn't super high on him coming out of college. And he looked really good tonight. He's had a great start to his NBA career guarding Cade Cunningham. I thought he really, really frustrated him with his length. I think he's a really, really good little uh, chess piece for the Raptors on the defensive end. And he's been better offensively than I would have guessed. Really, really like Scotty Barnes. Gary Trent Jr. is a bucket, man. That guy can shoot the ball. He had 23 tonight, 8 of 16, 4 of 10 from 3. Again, I, as I talked about, he had a great start to the first quarter. Siakam was really good tonight. Looked really good in the mid-range. He had 25 and 12, 7 assists. Like, you're talking about, like, we got this guy's best. We didn't get the full-strength Raptors tonight, but the Pistons got the Raptors' best in terms of, of offensively and these guys making shots. And that's what we're talking about, going toe-to-toe with these guys. It wasn't like they were just broke, missing everything, looking like they weren't ready to play. Siakam looked really good in the mid-range, even hit a couple threes, as I said. So really good night from Pascal Siakam. And then I just think this team in general, interesting mix of players with OG, uh, Gary Trent Jr., Van Fleet in the backcourt. And then you got Scotty Barnes, Siakam, Precious Achua. Like they just have some really good athletes. All those guys are pretty good young players. And I don't know what they're going to develop into or how it's all going to look. But I, I really, really like that young core that the Raptors have and makes it even more impressive the Pistons were able to come away with a win. And then just to look ahead to Monday night, play the Sacramento Kings. They're 5-8 and eight right now. They've lost four straight, so they were above 500, one game above 500 before the last four games. Harrison Barnes, a guy having a career career year for them. And then some interesting challenges that the, the Kings will present. The 
De'Aaron Fox will be a good challenge for the backcourt of Killian Hayes and Cade Cunningham, defending him, one of the fastest players in the NBA from one end of the court to the other. So that'll be really interesting to see how they match up and are able to stay in front of De'Aaron Fox. And then Davian Mitchell on the defensive end, you know, he's a guy that really challenged Cade Cunningham in college. So it'll be interesting to see how Killian and Cade are able to handle him defensively. Rashawn Holmes is a big that I'm excited to watch. He's a guy I've kind of had my eye on and I'm interested to see how he plays. And then a couple connections to the Pistons, I, I guess, loose connections. But Tyrese Halliburton is a guy that people always talk about, you know, the, the guys that weren't aren't fans of Killian Hayes or think that he was the wrong pick. Talk about Tyrese Halliburton a lot. So we'll be able to chance to see him firsthand. And then also uh, Bagley is a guy that's been, you know, trade rumors galore over the last few days. And so I don't know if he'll play or not. He hasn't played much for the Kings, but I just wanted to take note of that and obviously mention that as it's been talked a lot about. I'll be honest, I'm not sure where I stand on that. I know a lot of people think that that would be a great kind of another little project for Troy Weaver. Um, But I don't know where I stand on that. I'll have to dive into Marvin Bagley Jr. a little bit more and see, you know, before I I, I form a a for sure opinion on what I think about bringing him to Detroit and even what it would take to bring him to Detroit is another thing. You know, a lot of those things come down to who would you have to give up in that situation. So this is usually where we end it, guys. But uh, with it being Saturday night, we're not going to do a weekly episode this week. And so you'll have a chance to listen to this, um, you know, Sunday even into Monday before we do our Monday night recap after the game Monday night against the Kings. I'm going to leave you with a couple sheet or sham. This is the new game that Wes came up with and we usually do for around the NBA, but we're going to do a little Pistons flair here with this one. So I'm going to let you guys play. Obviously, I don't have a guest to answer it. So I'm going to give it to you, give you about 30 seconds as I talk through some things to see what you think. And then I'll give you the correct answer. So Right now in the NBA, coming in, coming into Saturday night, not after tonight's games, but coming into Saturday night, 16 lineups in the NBA have played over 100 minutes together. Okay, 16 lineups total for the entire NBA have played over 100 minutes together. The Pistons starting five coming into Saturday night's game is one of those 16 lineups. So I'll just give you a little bit of information. Is that Sheed, which means it's true because the ball don't lie, or is that Sham? that the Pistons starting five is one of those 16 lineups that have played over 100 minutes together this season. Just a couple other information. The Hawks starting lineup has played 214 minutes together this year. That's the most. So the answer to that is, in fact, sham. The Pistons starting five is not one of those 16 lineups. Coming in tonight, that starting lineup has only played 75 minutes together over five games. So remember, it's not just about Cade Cunningham and the amount of games he played, but Killian Hayes missed one of those games as well. So only 75 minutes together coming into tonight. I don't know how many minutes they played together tonight, but maybe we need to give this starting lineup a little bit more time to gel. That's not a whole lot of minutes, especially when you compare it to how many minutes most of the starting lineups around the association have played together this year. Second one and final one, Sheed. Is it the true because the ball don't lie or Sham? The average career three-point percentage for the top 10 rookie-made threes in a season is higher than 38%. So let me read that to you again. The average career three-point percentage of the top 10 rookie-made threes in a season is higher than 38%. So here's what I did. I went and took the top 10 rookie-made threes list. So how many, you know, Sadiq Bey is on this list, right, for the most threes made in their rookie season. I actually took Sadiq Bey and Anthony Edwards out because they're not far enough in their career yet. And I took, so it's actually the 12 if you take those two out. And then I added up their their three-point percentages for their career, just kind of looked at some things. So do you think that is Sheed or 
sham that it's higher than 38%. Steph Curry is one of those guys. And five of these 10 guys, that rookie season was their highest made threes in a season. So the answer to that, the average career three-point percentage for the top 10 rookie made threes in the season is higher than 38% is sham. 37% is the actual answer for those guys, which like I said a second ago, is only slightly above league average. And again, Steph Curry really, really skews that data. So you may be saying like, what's your point? What, what, what are you going with this? All I'm trying to say is I feel like sometimes we think because Sadiq Bey is so high on that list, it means he's going to be an elite level three-point shooter. All I'm saying is there doesn't look to be a correlation between being on that list and being an elite three-point shooter. I'm not saying that means Sadiq Bey is not. I'm also not saying it means he's gonna not going to be an uh a good or average three-point shooter. All I really put that in there for was because I feel like, at least for myself, I was like, oh, he made you know the third most threes for a rookie in NBA history. That means he's going to be an elite three-point shooter. But if you look down that list, you know, it, it really all it means is he's going at least going to be slightly above league average, which still means he could be really, really good. But it doesn't necessarily mean he's going to be a forty percent three-point shooter or shoot from three like Clay Thompson. That's all I'm saying. Maybe nobody else was in the same boat as me with that, thinking that that meant he was going to be this great three-point shooter. I feel like there's been a lot of disappointment. I don't think what he, so far this year, I don't think what he's done this year is necessarily what he's going to do for the whole season, but it'll be interesting to see like if that three-point shot does come around. Like I said, what was interesting is five of those 10 guys, that rookie season was actually the highest three-point total of their entire careers. So just because they made a bunch in their rookie season doesn't mean that like it continued to increase as they went throughout their careers. As always, I want to thank my guy Wes Davenport who we call the producer of the Motor City Hoops podcast and takes care of so many things behind the scenes to make the podcast better and easier for me. I also want to encourage you to go back and listen to episode 61 of the podcast where I was joined by Rod Beard from the Detroit News for an amazing episode getting his perspective on all the storylines around the Pistons from the start of the season. Motor City Hoops will be back with an instant recap episode after every game this week guys Monday, Wednesday, and Friday and then there will not be a weekly breakdown episode this week but we will be back the week after being joined by Amari Sankofa from the Detroit Free Press. Thank you for listening and we'll talk to you soon. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Motor City Hoops podcast. Please give us a rating, drop a review, and subscribe. For more content, including video breakdowns, make sure you follow us at Motor City Hoops on Twitter. I hope you join us next episode. Until then, be safe and be well.